Welcome to the Chick Foley Show. What is up, Foley fam? We are back with a special all-mailbag Friday night edition of the Chick Foley Show. Just me and Sheena coming to you guys live tonight, and we're going to answer all of your questions. Before we go any further, though, let me introduce the star of the show. Sheena, how you doing? I'm doing good. Right before we came on the air, I just found out that um, Memphis News posted a little feature on Brett. W-R-E-G, Channel 3 News out of Memphis. Yeah, posted a little feature on Brett competing in the National Mullet Championship. I can't remember if I talked about this um, last week we've on mentioned our show. It, I mean, I don't know if we talked Boating about it last wasn't week, open, but yeah. we've, we've mentioned it a few times over the last year about that. About his mullet, yeah. Um, but yeah, so the contest is open and Brett's been doing really well and, you know, all of our family and friends and everybody's been voting. And the Foley and, fam. And, yeah, and the, well, they're for our friends. I consider yeah. them, you know, they fall into the friend category, but yeah. yeah. Thank you guys for all the support so far. The guys in the, you know, the premium Foley fam members in the Facebook group and everybody's just following along on IG and Twitter and everything else. The support has been overwhelming and he's looking really really strong to uh to move on to the next round yeah so we'll stay tuned uh but yeah check it out we'll post the link to the article in the uh in the show notes of this show but yeah it was pretty cool to see your little guy like pop up you know a, a feel-good news story in the memphis news yeah he was he managed to to make the headline news he was the top story above everything else and like right below it was like you know two people got carjacked somebody got yeah. arrested for animal abuse so <laughs> yeah. i think it's definitely going to stand out it's going to be a little bright spot in the uh the memphis news for sure and uh, we will definitely throw the link in the show notes. So it's going to be Saturday morning when most of you guys are hearing this for the first time. You can keep voting through Monday night, July 17th at midnight. And, uh, you know, you can if, if you feel generous enough, you can vote once a day, but for multiple devices. So hit it with, you know, your uh, your iPhone, your Samsung, your Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, anything that's got a web browser yeah, on and it. It's hit super, it up and drop a vote. It's it takes super two easy too. Yeah, you literally just click the link and then just scroll to where it says vote and then tap the vote button. There's no no hijinks, no shenanigans, um, anything like that. The, the servers, like Mullet Mania is literally running wild, you guys. I guess a lot more people entered this year than any of the years prior. And the first day that the contest was open, it's crashed the servers like for half a day. That's why they extended the the initial voting because yeah, the, the servers were crashed all day. So like I said, mullet mania is running wild. For sure. Uh, Sheena, tell us what's new on the farm. Oh man, July, anytime, if you're a gardener, you know, like July is like, it, it's, it's a rough month. It's super hot but your, your plants are finally fruiting and everything, which is good and bad because you have to um, deal with the harvest. I love to like plant and tend and, you know, do all those types of things. But then when it comes to like doing something with what you've harvested, that's the, like, ugh, the preserving part. If I could just pay somebody to do that, that would be perfection. Because um, I like to be in the garden, but I hate to be like, you know, standing over the stove, like making cans of pasta sauce and stuff. You know what I mean? But Anyway, so just harvesting a bunch of stuff, um, tending to a sick chicken right now. I'm getting getting her back on her feet. We found a bunny in the yard the other day, which was pretty exciting. In the goat pen. In the goat pen. Yeah, it was like living in the goat pen. So we found a wild bunny. Um, but other than that, you know, it's just, it's busy, busy July around here when it's garden season is, is we got to uh, give them a follow up. A lot of work. The, how's the cat bite healing up? Oh, it's, it's money, dude. Yeah. The, you know, I got, I don't, I didn't turn into cat woman. The antibiotics did what they were supposed to do and. Yeah, good to go. Yeah, definitely been a busy week around here. Brett started soccer camp, and he also started uh, 
we started and completed soccer camp today was the last day and we started official first practice of flag football which yeah. i'm the head coach so definitely been a busy week around here it feels good to just kick back with a nice cold one and uh answer some of you guys questions and i guess we'll go and do the beverage break before we even get into the questions sheena what are you sipping on tonight? well you have a cold one i have a warm one actually a hot one it's uh i'm drinking some coffee because my main goal tonight is to record an award-winning podcast for you guys an awesome mailbag and then hopefully have enough energy to stay up and watch the season two finale of succession so we've been kind of binging succession as of late we're a little bit late to hop on the succession train but it's really good and um you know like i said it's been super busy and like every night we've just like you know crashed out and gone to bed and not gotten to watch this 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 season finale has been hanging over our heads for a few days. So it's been a really busy week. We definitely crammed 20 pounds of shit into a 10 pound bag <laughs> yeah, this week. No joke. So looking forward to a chill weekend and uh, kicking it off with the pod. So, but before we get into it, Sheena, remind the listeners where they can find you on social media. You can find me on Instagram at Chick Foley, Marco running the Twitter machine at Chick Foley show. You can uh, join our Foley fam Facebook page. We've had a couple new people join the Foley fam recently. Super stoked to see some new faces in there. Um, go to chickfoley.com and it also has a link to all of our pod foundation brethren. We have Coming Down the Aisle, The Extra Cooler Show, and Turnbuckle Tavern. So make sure you give all those guys a follow and you'll have all the wrestling content you need for the week. And again, we'll have all that in the show notes. See if you just swipe up on whatever um, you know, whatever app program you listen to this on, you'll be able to see that. And then you'll have that link right there to go and vote for Brett the Hit Boy Phelps to uh, to win the Mullet Championship. Want to remind you guys: use code Chick Foley to save ten percent at Ringside Collectibles. They are the presenting sponsor of this podcast. And I think that's it for uh, housekeeping, right, Sheen? No. All right, let's get into uh, the mailbag. All right, so you know, Sam, Bro- th- we should just call this the Sam Bros mailbag. So we're going to kick off with a with a host of um, you know Sam Bros questions that he threw at us. So he said, the first one is, "What's been your favorite listener mail question that you can remember?" Whatever, whatever kicked off the the discussion about Aunt Jill's stank ass pie. That Somebody was a- asking yeah what our favorite dessert was at Thanksgiving. <laughs> that was yeah. a good one. Um, I don't know. There's been so many good ones, man. Like, to be honest, there's so many. I can't really put a, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a name to all of them. You know, so that that's a strike on me. I remember a while back, somebody asked just like, you know, what was important to us besides wrestling? And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I always like when I get a chance to kind of talk about my family and stuff. So, yeah, somebody a while back asked us about, um, you know, some parenting advice. They were about to be a parent and uh, or was it about to be a parent? Or was it Johnny JB was asking some parenting advice for older kids? Um, just, yeah, like you said, any of those deeper questions where you get kind of get to, you know, talk about your family and stuff and your experience. Always like those. I always love a good food question. Those are always good too. So whenever Zach Hertzler is always good for a good, uh, for a good food question for us. Hey, you know what? I just realized I didn't even, I skipped my own beverage break. I didn't talk about what I was drinking. I'm drinking <laughs> a uh, blackberry sour from Edmund's Oast. They're a, I've, I've mentioned their beers a few times on here. They're a craft brewery out of Charleston, South Carolina. They really specialize in the uh, the fruited sours. So they got some beautiful can art. It's like all white and then it just has a little bit of color. Yeah, it's like to minimalistic it. with like a watercolor style um, design on yeah, it. Yeah, and all the, and they're all uniform also, which mm-hmm. is also pretty cool. So yeah, if you find a chance, then they're not a huge brewery, but if you if you stumble upon a place that has uh, Edmonds O's, definitely give them a try. I always like a a, a series of beers um, that have like like you said the same can design, but like different you know different logos, different designs on it. I love you know I think that look, always looks really nice. Next question is, who is your favorite non-wrestler personality in wrestling? I love Tony Schiavone, man. I think I still go with Tony Schiavone. Even though I've, I've been down, it's no secret, I've been down on AEW for 
really coming up yes. on about the last year or so, but I always got a soft spot for Tony, both on screen on AEW and on his podcast. He just seems like a hell of a guy. And uh, yeah, just love Tony. Tony's awesome. My, my first initial like knee jerk, I was like, oh, I like, I love Paul Heyman. Um, but I really started to think, and I was like, dude, Samantha Irvin has been killing it lately, dude. Like she is just. To me, she's probably, I probably put her number two behind, behind Howard Finkel for my favorite ring announcer ever, dude. It's probably she is maybe awesome, number three man. behind the Fink and Gary Michael Capetta from the old NWA. But uh, yeah, she is, she's awesome, dude. I, I need, I don't want to hear anybody else introducing the bloodline or introducing Roman Reigns besides yeah, her. Yeah, if they ever let her go, that that's going to be a, a fatal flaw for WWE. She's in the family now. She's about to get wiped up to ricochet, so she should be uh, good to go. True. You never know, though, man. Um, but yeah, she's so, she's so great. She just, uh, I, I love everything about the way she announces. Um, do you think we will see Jim Cornette in mainstream wrestling again? I mean, never say, say never, but I would say probably not. Hard to say with cancel culture out there, man. Dude's yeah. got a, he's got a lot. <laughs> he's got of, a long history. A lot of, of controversial remarks yeah. people could dig up nowadays, and you know how folks do. I wouldn't be against it. I could see him maybe, you know, maybe showing up in ROH. That'd be a good way to kind of roll him in, test the waters, see what the, you know, see how much backlash there is, and then if he survives that, maybe you could put him up on a. Uh, I'm regular AEW with somebody, but dude, Jim Cornette's getting pretty long in the tooth. I mean, he was old. Yeah. He was an older guy whenever I was watching as a kid. Or but he still he at looks least the same though. Yeah, he does like, look he, about It's so crazy how he still kind of looks the same as he did. Like I think know, he's one of those guys that ago. he was born looking 48 years old, yeah. you know, and he yeah. just stayed looking 48 his entire life for better exactly, or worse. Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm not against it because I do think, you know, he said some controversial shit, but I don't... He hasn't really followed up with actions. It's all just been words. I think he's just, you know, a provocateur, if you will, that just likes to stir shit up. Um, so I, I wouldn't be against it. But if I had to say one way or another, I'd say no. Yeah, I'm saying I'm saying no too. Um, Sambro, if you could keep, if you could only keep one wrestler in the history and evolution of wrestling between Hogan, Austin, and Flair, who would it be? I think Hogan. I think even though I like Austin a little bit more than Hogan, I think. Hogan still paved the way. And even though they seem totally different on the surface, Austin was still that white meat baby face going up against all the big heels. I just feel like Hogan paved the way for modern wrestling, man. So I think you got to have Hogan. I mean, yeah, I think if you're, if you're putting everything kind of like in context like that, like you can't have one without the other, like, yes, Hogan definitely has the most importance because he built wrestling on his, you know, his image built wrestling to what it is today. However, I would say Austin was, wrestling in a time and he was at the top of the mountain in a time when wrestling was you know at a fever pitch when it was like bigger and more popular than it's ever been um and i feel like that's a pretty incredible accomplishment dude and i just enjoy watching steve austin more than i enjoy watching hogan dude i mean no no offense to hogan but yeah um, austin took it to different heights and he took it in a different direction but he was still driving on a road that was built by hulk hogan so that's why I'd still put Hulk as a little bit more important to the overall history of wrestling. I mean, yeah, important to the overall history of wrestling. But if I'm just like, if I could only keep one that was like a, uh, you know, trailblazer in a sense, I would I'd probably keep Austin, dude. I don't even, I mean, Flair's cool. I don't think he, I don't think he's in the same uh, area code as Hogan no. and Austin. No. Um, what are some modern day conspiracy theories, not yet proven events that, uh, you guys subscribe to? Oh, the Montreal screw job was a work. <laughs> the, well, is that modern day? I mean, there's so many. I'll, I'll, we're just talking overall conspiracy yeah, he just theories. Says not yet proven events. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
That's Sheena. We'll be here. We can be here for another hour. Yeah, I'll just, conspiracy theories. We'll just one day. I'll just have a complete conspiracy theory podcast, and uh, you guys can just like ask conspiracy theory questions. Um, today, I'm going to choose that <laughs> that we never that man never stepped foot on the moon, dude. I have I have some serious doubts uh, that you know when you really start looking into it that uh, we, we've never actually been to the moon. So. I will leave you with that. You can, you know, do some some Google research and figure out. I don't out. subscribe to that one. I strongly <laughs> disagree for the record. Well, okay. <laughs> um, do you think there are two? Oh, this is from Sam Rosenthal. Do you think there are too many independent lines now? I don't collect for reselling, but do you think there is long-term value? At, or do you think there's any long-term value at all since they aren't really official lines so that's a great question something i've thought about a lot do i think there's too many no i don't because at the end of the day for all the frustrations that come along with them they are getting us out new for the most part quality figures of guys that we wouldn't see released by mattel or Jazzwares. um it definitely is frustrating with the the various wait times between the different lines all the stuff that gets announced and then yeah we don't see anything else on it for a year. And it's just hard to keep track of the shit, man. Like it's really, it'd be very easy to miss something that you may have really been wanting to buy just cause there's, you know, so many different lines out. Um, and it's weird cause there's so many different lines trying to make figures of an older, like, you know, there's like Hasbro figures in like multiple different. Yeah. Like, I think it's just cause they're, know, the, they're the like, cheapest to produce. They're the yeah. cheapest and easiest to produce. That's why it's, and they're kind of catching on that nostalgia hit. It's just, and those aren't being made they saw, right now. I mean, you know, they saw all the, um, you know, all the hype around like getting retros back and everything. Yeah. So everybody kind of bought into like, oh yeah, everybody wants Hasbro style figures. So the long-term value, I think Power Town's going to have some value because they do seem to be the most official of all the other, of all the people besides Jazzwares and Mattel making figures right now. Um, I worry though, dude, about the, it's something I've talked about before in the pod about stuff like the Cellas. And the zombie sailors and, you know, the, the, you know, our buddy Mitch's line, the grapplers and gimmicks. I don't think they're going to hold long, long-term resale value one, because they're not really official figures. And two, I think they're going to be tough to discover, man. I think it's going to be tricky in 10 years from now, if you want to try to track these down to know exactly what to put in that eBay safe search and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, our good friend fig heel is doing amazing work with his basically wrestling figure almanac. He's putting out every year. That'd be a real good resource to help keep up with these, um, down the line. But I, I don't think that there's going to be a ton of resale value on these. I could be wrong on that. I hope I am. It'd be cool to see them blow up in value, but I don't think so. I just think that they've got a, couple, a few different factors going into it that's going to make them not explode like we've seen. Hasbro's. Well, it's not like the old days, though, where it's like, oh, you, you remember this figure that you saw at KB Toys. You can't remember what it was. Like, you know what I mean? Like, now everything is documented on the internet. So, like, if yeah. you were trying to search these things down, you would definitely have an avenue to to find your way there and figure out where and how to search for it. So, yeah. Um, Sambro says, how do you think, or how do you guys think Mattel should approach an SDCC exclusive? As awesome as the Ali looks, it doesn't seem to fit the current collector demographic. Maybe an era is too far gone. Um, so I personally preferred it back in like 2016, 17 and 18, when they were going like the wrestle crap route where they oh, did, yeah. the, they did the shock master they did Isaac Yankum and then they did um, they did Virgil. That was the the San Diego Comic Con exclusives for three years in a row. But then starting in 2019 with the Macho Man Slim Jim, that's when they switched it up. Yeah. And I honestly, you just got to accept it that the SDCC exclusives they aren't for us. They're trying they're trying to branch out and get some outside eyes. 
maybe people who aren't into wrestling fans or into wrestling figures at all, or maybe people who are like lapsed wrestling figure collectors that they're trying to get back in the game with the the Slim Jim Macho Man, the GI Joe inspired Sergeant Slaughter, the Hulk and Zeus, no hold no holds barred, and all the Ali. It's just they just aren't for us, man. Um, I, I prefer the older way, but I understand why they're doing it this way now. Yeah, I agree. I like the wrestle crap gimmicks. I think we need. You could more. do both. They both sell, man. Like, yeah, yeah 100%. I don't know why you wouldn't do. They could do both. But I mean, the yeah. Ali figure is nice, dude. I mean, oh yeah, that figure is like, awesome, dude. Yeah. The packaging is great. Um, you know, yeah. If I was, if I'm a Muhammad Ali fan, I'm all over that for sure. Mm-hmm. And it's still a really cool figure. I, it's not in my top ten most wanted, but I'm definitely, you know, I'm happy to add it to the collection. Johnny JB is Tom Cruise a wizard? Dude doesn't age, and his uh, new movie looks great. Um, so I, I hadn't seen Tom Cruise in a long time, so I had to go look and I just typed in Tom Cruise 2023. I feel like he looks appropriately aged. Was he like 60 something? I mean, he's definitely had some work done. I mean, mean, think about dad is like 60 something, dude. So, but I mean, your dad's not Tom Cruise either. No offense, Jimbo. I love, I love Jimbo. I take Jimbo over Tom Cruise any day, but, um, I think your image of what like a 60 year old should look like is pretty skewed. If you think Tom Cruise looks 60, he looks basically like. Five years older than he did no, when he did Jerry I mean, Maguire. No, he doesn't, dude. He's got he's got plenty of like crow's feet and all kinds of stuff, dude. Like he he looks he looks his age, dude. I um like I said, I looked him up earlier today because I was like, well, wait, maybe. But I think in movies and stuff, they smooth all that stuff out and make you look still like a badass, right? Like, where's it? Where's the photo that I saw earlier? And I was just like, mm, it was this one. Yeah, does that not look like a sixty year old dude? No, not at all. Well. We'll get some follow up. We'll get Sheena save that photo. Okay. We'll get Sheena to post this in the Facebook group and just say how was that guy? That guy looks. He looks like five years older than I do, man. <laughs> no, he doesn't. That is not a sixty year old. I mean, look. Think look. about it. Pat Baldine's seventy. Does he look five years younger than Pat Baldine? I mean, your Pat Baldine, he's he's looks a little older, dude. I don't think the Callens age as well. I, I think, think Pat Baldine looks fine, man. Like you're crazy if you think that's what sixty looks like. You, yeah, you're insane. Well, I guess he is a wizard then. I guess Seth, <laughs> Seth Phelps has answered the question that he is, in fact, a wizard. Like Scientology works, man. That's the biggest <laughs> ad you can have for Scientology just, yeah, right just there. Yeah, just sell, sell your soul to the devil and um, you will never age. You yeah. know, drink the blood of unicorns. I'm probably looking, Sheena's probably looking for a new man here in a few years. Or she thinks that's what 60 is supposed to look like. Because I can guarantee you I'm not going to look like that when I'm Tom Cruise's age. Uh, I mean... I mean, like I said, he looks good, but I just thought that's what... I mean, he's like young 60. He's like 61, right? He's not even like... There's no such thing as a young 60. <laughs> 60 is 60. I think 60, you still got a lot of life ahead of you at 60. No. Not with that a full head of long brown hair, long dark brown hair and like barely any wrinkles though. I mean, you, when you have as much money and help as Tom Cruise. That's what though. I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. He doesn't look 60. He looks freaking 45 maybe. <laughs> okay. Um... Sambro says, what made you guys choose Oakland to move to? Well, there was a house that was available <laughs> at the time that we really, really yeah, liked. Man. We, if you guys remember, if you recall, we were moving right in the f- height of just like the housing, like market insanity, where it was literally like you saw a house on Zillow and it was snapped up like the next day. Um, it, it was insanity. Um, we're very lucky because we got a house that we really liked and it was one that we wanted. And, Oakland is a great area because we wanted to be rural. Like ideally I wanted to be like on, you know, acreage and be out in the middle of nowhere. This is kind of a good compromise because we're out in a rural area, but we're still in a neighborhood. We still have plenty of space and we're getting to do, you know, all the, you know, homesteading, farming, all that kind of stuff, gardening stuff that we 
I like to do. So yeah, um, Oakland's nice. And and we have way lower property taxes here than they do in Shelby County, which is like where Memphis and Arlington and all those places are. So yeah, it, it was really, a win-win. It's a really, really nice place to live. Yep. Small town vibes. I, I really dig it. Johnny JB says, what does a dream vacation destination look like for you? I don't know, man. I'm kind of spoiled because we lived in Hawaii for like seven years. That's a dream destination for me, dude. For me, man, like a dream destination would be like going to WrestleMania or SummerSlam, like a big wrestling event. I kind of, I don't think there's, you know, not to sound like spoiled, but I don't think there's really like a a place on earth that's going to like blow me away, man. Like when I think about taking a big trip, it's to go to like a wrestling event or maybe just even, you know, taking the kids down to Orlando to hit the theme park circuit. Oh, no, I don't know. I, um... Anywhere that's got beautiful beaches um, and just like sec- more secluded, like nowhere super touristy. Like I just want to be like, like we've talked about it on here before. Kauai, it's like literally the country. It's like Hawaii's version of the country, which is just like absolute majestic natural beauty. The most beautiful beaches, most beautiful mountains. And there's not a lot of people there. Like that's my, um, that's my dream vacation. I've always wanted to stay in one of those um like little huts on over the water. Where is that? Like Tahiti or like Bali. Bali. Or, yeah. Um, where they have like those, you know, just like you see like the little bridges that go out to the little huts and they're just on top of the water and they have like the glass floors and stuff like some People in the middle. People ride up in canoes to bring you your breakfast. Oh yeah. That, that would be awesome. I, I would love that. Um, what is the last book that you've read? I read it. Uh, by Stephen King, which that Recently? was a chore. Yeah, it was like, uh, I mean, it, I, I haven't been that. reading a lot. I finished it up a few months ago, but that's like, I want to say something like 1,300 pages on, uh, so, that, you know, Stephen King's he likes to really hit you with the exposition and a whole yeah. bunch of side stories and stuff. You're, I'm like, I was like 400 pages in before I even heard about Pennywise. So, you know, <laughs> it's a, uh, that, w- that was quite a chore, um, but I enjoyed it. So don't get to read as much as I used to. When I was, uh, you guys know I'm in the Navy. When I was stationed on the ship, I would read a lot because there's a lot of downtime when you're out to sea. Uh, so I would just churn through like three books in a week sometimes, uh, but not nearly as much when I'm back home every night just because I'm busy hanging out with Sheena, doing stuff with the kids, playing video games, doing anything aside from sitting on a big floating metal thing out in the middle of the ocean. Yeah, I um. So the I've been on a Michael Pollan kick lately. Uh, I really love Michael Pollan. It, he's the last book I read was The Omnivore's Dilemma. And when I say read, I mean listen to on Audible because if I sit down to read, I fall asleep. <laughs> so, um. I have just been listening to books on Audible versus like reading books. So The Omnivore's Dilemma. um, And then Michael Pollan is uh, a book. A book I'm reading right now is called Cooked. And it just like goes over like the history of like all the major forms of cooking, fermenting, um, you know, uh, using water, using uh, air and fire to cook with. So really, really interesting book. Uh, Love it. Definitely recommend it. Oh, and if you don't want to read the book, there's a really, they did the series on Netflix called Cooked. Um, Michael Pollan is in that. He narrates it and hosts it. Um, So go watch that. It's a really beautifully shot documentary. So recommend that as well. What's on your workout motivator playlist? Um, honestly, I kind of like usually just listen to like country music when I run, man. Just take it easy. I used to, I used to do a podcast or I'll listen to just some country, dude. I, uh, like I've never been big on like the hype music and stuff. Even in high school when I was playing football and stuff, like you know, you, this is in two thousand two, two thousand three. Like 
I'd have the discman on, man. I usually have like my sweats and like a bandana around my head with my headphones on, like just looking like hard as fuck getting off the bus at away games. But in my headphones would be like living on love by Alan Jackson or some shit. So I, that's, that's what I've always been into. Um, you know, even when I was big into rap, I would never like get like hyped up off of it. Yeah, I uh, well, see, I, I used to really love, um, you know, like hip hop and rap for uh, my workout motivation music. But now, um, one, it's, you know, the kids come out there and stuff. And so I don't want them hearing all the, <laughs> the stuff that I used to listen to. I remember my dad, I used to post workout clips and stuff. And, you know, the music would be on the background. And my dad would be like, you need to switch that music. That's just nasty music. So um, I don't want my kids hearing that. So now I typically listen to either like Ernest Radio while I'm working out or I listen to uh, Kolohi Kai Radio, which is like Hawaii reggae um, style music. And uh, that's what I that's what I work out to. Sounds weird going from like hardcore rap to, you know, Hawaii reggae and country, but that's where we're at in life. Uh, do you guys think you'll ever decide to add another tag team member to the faction and have a trios title contender team? <laughs> so there's been a million times when I've thought like, you know, I wanted to have like five kids and, you know, I, you just get baby fever. Um, most of you guys listening to this are probably dudes. So you don't understand, but yeah, you just get this thing where you're just like, Oh my God, babies. And you get baby fever. Um, but there are also times when my kids are like fighting and squabbling with each other and I'm like overstimulated and I just feel like, Oh my God, like there's no way I could add another kid to the mix. Um, so as of right now, no, I don't see adding any more kids, but maybe once the kids get older and you know, we're, (laughs) we're feeling like we're lonely and already being empty nesters. Our kids will be like, you know, 10 years old and they won't want to hang out with us anymore. Maybe we'll reevaluate. What about you? Two's fine. I, you know, I always just go back to the logistics side of it. I mean, obviously I love my kids. Like I really is exhausting as it could be and as challenging. And, you know, you question every little thing you do with them. Um, Sometimes I, I still like wouldn't trade him for anything in the world and couldn't imagine my life without him at this point. Mm-hmm. But again, I, I, I always go back to just the logical side of things. And I feel like with two, with kind of where I'm at in life and stuff, two kids, I can completely spoil them and I can, you know, they're never going to have to want for anything. Um, I can support them, give them every opportunity in life. And in, in addition to the financial stuff, I can give them my full attention. I feel like two, I can really devote all my time and attention to. I feel like with three, you start to get spread thin. And then the other big thing, man, is down the road, which who knows what it's going to look like in 10 or 15 years. I'm already thinking about putting them through college or trade school, whatever they want to do. Like that shit's expensive. And my like, in addition to just making them like good human beings, like I really don't want them to have to like go out into the world with any kind of student debt or anything. And and I'm on board to get two kids through school, whatever it takes. Three, um, you know, I could probably do it, but then I'd be working until I'm about 95 and I'm not trying to go down that path. So yeah, I kind of just, I think two is kind of the sweet spot where you can really just give them your best in all facets of life. I know. I think you think that, and then, um, you're right. I mean, having three kids is definitely more financially strapping than having two kids. I mean, it's just the logistics and the reality of life. But just like, I remember when we had only Brett and I remember when I was pregnant with Stella and I was like having moments where I was just emotional thinking like, how am I going to love another kid as much as I love, um, Brett, you know, and then it's just like something happens when you have more kids and your heart expands. And I think the same thing would happen with like your focus and attention and, you know, yeah, you, just, you just find a way to make it work. It's not like, you know, you think like, oh my God, how could I spread myself any more thin? But when you have more kids, I think it just, it just, ha- you just, you transform along with 
you know, with the way that your family transforms. And yeah, I feel that. Yeah. And it would, I mean, it'd be fine if, you know, we had a, you know, unplanned pregnancy or something had a third one on the way, but it's just, I don't know. The other thing is I feel like the ship's kind of sailed a little bit because like if we had one now, like Stella would be over four years older than the baby and her and Brett are kind of that perfect, like just two years and change um, between them. Yeah. And Stella is, Stella is a handful. I think that's another thing. I love, I love my daughter. She's the funniest, sweetest thing, but if she was more chill, like Brett, I feel like we'd be like, Oh, you know, let's have another one. But man, Stella keeps us on our toes. A hundred percent. Yeah. She's just like, she's just a wild child, man. And, uh, yeah, it's thinking about having another one of her. I'm like, Oh man, you know, the first one tricks you cause you're like, Oh, they're so sweet. And then you get to the the second one and that's where you're like, Oh man, we've got our hands full. Um, what kind of handshake do you prefer? Seeing that handshake between Rogan and Trump at the fight the other day cracked me up. Such an aggressive handshake between the two. I like a nice firm handshake. I don't like a, a flimsy, like f- dead fish handshake, but I also don't like that, like, like grip your hand and, you know, just trying to show you who's boss handshake. There's like a fine middle right there. You know what I mean? Strong disagree. I think if the entire world just agreed to move to the fist bump, we'd be so much better, dude. It looks cooler. It's smoother. Yeah. There's zero awkwardness whatsoever. Like, yeah, just I don't fist disagree with that. I don't disagree with that. But if you have if you have to shake hands, I don't I think had the whole- to. I'm just in the middle. I don't I don't need the, the bone cracker. And <laughs> the bone I, cracker. I, honestly, like as much as people complain about a limp handshake, I would take a limp handshake over somebody trying to play mercy with me. Like, yeah, I'll take. Yeah, I, I will definitely. I, you're right. I will take the, the limp handshake over the. Yeah, the I think the, the quicker we all move to the fist bump as a standard, like, yeah, I thought maybe like the pandemic that the handshake would finally die out, but it's it's back and bigger than ever, apparently. See, I'm a hugger. That's my biggest <laughs> problem. I like to hug. I, uh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm and always- we'll like show up somewhere and like Sheena's hugging people like we barely know and I'm like not trying to hug them. So it's <laughs> like, you know, I'm, I'm walking behind her because she's my wife. So it's like, she's giving her a big bear hug and then I'm like fist bump. We're cool, dude. <laughs> I, I just, I don't know. I'm a hugger. I'm like Bailey, man. Um, Jason Koenig says, what, uh, who or what is gold is the Goldberg to your Brett's young childhood? I'd say Lord Voldemort, man. That's one that, so when he was like three, like shortly after he turned three, we started introducing him to the Harry Potter movies and he loved them, dude. Like had a wand, he would dress up as Harry Potter, had a bunch of the different little Funkos and stuff. And we were kind of, showing him the movies in order because, you know, they kind of get a little bit darker and scary as they go. And he watched the first three, like without a hitch, loved them, would go back to and watch them a lot. And then finally one day um, we put on the Goblet of Fire part four and it got to the end of it where they're in a graveyard. Voldemort finally comes back and Brett ran away from the TV, threw a fit, started screaming at me to turn it off. And he's barely ever mentioned wanting to watch Harry Potter since yeah, then. Yeah, he so. was a huge Harry Potter mark there yeah, for a while. Yeah, I think Vold- Voldemort really put a, uh, you know, to, pardon <laughs> the pun, but definitely put a scar on Brett as well from the first time you saw him. Yeah, I, I have to agree with that. Uh, James Zushi, do you think Matt Riddle should stop being the original bro or just stop wrestling altogether? I think we agree something has to happen. Yeah, you know, we've we've rode pretty hard for Matt Riddle on this show over the years, man. Like, there's been so many times when we're like, yes, Matt Riddle is the next best thing. Or, yeah, Matt Riddle is going to break off. Like, when he was doing, um, you know, the RK Bro stuff with Randy Orton, there were so many times that we were just hopeful that this was going to be it for Matt Riddle. And it was going to, you know, just catapult him into the main event scene. But, yeah, at this point, I don't even really know what he's doing or what he's trying to be. It's just... It's a mess, man. I, You know, we talked 
last week, somebody asked about, you know, Mox not being quite the same since he stopped drinking. Um, I think, you know, Matt Riddle's kind of in that same, he's like the opposite of that, right? So Mox was great when he had, you know, a little bit of a drinking problem, like, you know, kind of one foot in the flames doing it. Matt Riddle went too far on the deep end, man. There's only so far you can mess with that stuff. And no matter what you try to do, your personal life is going to bleed into your professional life. And I think mm-hmm. that's what's happened. Dude, you know, he left his wife a couple years ago. You, you remember Seth called him out last summer during their feud. Yeah. Dude's just, and he's just been on the rocks ever since, man. I get the, you know, without knowing him just from the little bits we see, uh, or hear about, uh, you know, in the news and then the way we've seen his his performance and charisma and just really everything decline over the last year. I kind of just feel like the dude's a mess in real life. And, and it's a shame because like she said, we used to be sky high on him, but I've, I've sold all of my Matt Riddle stock. I, I'm out on this guy. I think, you know, if he's in WWE 18 months from now, I'll be surprised. Yeah, I agree 100%. And for those of you who may have missed a show last week uh, and you're just hearing about the the Mox thing, I want to reiterate that we're in no way advocating that, you know, we think Mox was better when he was, you know, on the no. wagon. Um, I just Personally, want, in no. case you didn't listen to we the We were just talking about that. You've seen that a lot, not just in wrestling, but across uh, really music specifically. Yeah. Like people usually do their best work when they, when they're, you know, and her, got when they're hurting. Something, something. Yeah, yeah. When something's going on, they got some pain or some trauma or Maybe something. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe the yeah. substance abuse is just a symptom of it, but it's really yeah. the, the pain that driving the the fire of the performance yeah 100 percent. so yeah we we're glad that mox got his shit together and got cleaned up and you know is is you know straight edge uh we're here for that but we're just talking about you know how people are giving him a lot of shit for not being the same mox that he was zach hertzler see another a good a good food question by zach hertzler uh favorite meat to add on nachos you know there's not a bad meat, I don't think, to put on nachos. I mean, throw anything on a tortilla chip and it's pretty darn good. I'm going to have to go with just good old ground beef, dude. I think it's the easiest delivery vehicle. Like, I just feel like it, you can get a good amount on the chip. Sometimes if you do, like, the shredded chicken and stuff, like, it makes for an awkward bite. Um, not that I don't like shredded chicken nachos, but carnitas is really good on nachos, too. I don't know. All of it, all of the above. What about you? I still you? think the classic ground beef, man. Yeah. Can't ground. Like, yeah, there's definitely some exotics you get into, like grilled chicken could be good, um, like carne asada, obviously, but I feel like ground beef is the go-to for a reason. Yeah, I feel like those are better served in like a taco or a burrito because you get an even bite every time, right? Whereas like the nacho, sometimes you're going to get like a little too much guacamole, not enough meat or a little yeah. bit too much. And, you know, Seth doesn't even eat all that stuff. He just is like beef and cheese, you know, like he doesn't do all the extras. But if you get some loaded nachos, you're never going to have that consistent meaty bites unless you have ground beef because it's easily, easily spreadable. Another food question by the fig god, Jordan Wells. Since I'm in Chicago this weekend, deep dish or thin crust pizza? Thin crust. Deep dish pizza is subhuman to me. I think you get, I think you get the thin crust and you put the deep dish on top of it. And then you just like cut it and you have the best you, of both worlds. I think you get the thin crust and you put the deep dish in the trash where it belongs. I like all pizza. I mean, if I had, if I could, pick I mean, I would, one, don't get me wrong, dude. If there was a deep dish pizza, like you know, if we had a hot deep dish pizza delivered as soon as uh, the show ended, I'd probably eat a slice. But I would never ever choose deep dish if there was another option. I'm never gonna choose it if there's, yeah. If it if it's just like I'm just choosing, you know, I like a good hand tossed. Hand toss is probably my favorite. Um, and then thin crust, and then a, I go. A New, I think dish. New York style is the best, where it's the thin crust, but, but it's, it's soft. soft yeah. yeah, foldable, like the foldable pizza. Yeah, yeah I like that too. Um, so yeah, well, I'll be interested to hear what you ended up going with. You know, you went with the deep dish, Jordan. 
Um, fantasy book two main event matches for a two night pay-per-view, any wrestler ever. I mean, I got to go with Brett versus Seth, right? I mean, I think that's my two, two, two of my favorite wrestlers going head to head on a pay-per-view and they could work out their differences. You know, maybe, maybe Seth well, they could show made up. Remember Brett they gave did. Him the co-sign. He gave him the co-sign, but I feel like he could show him in the ring. Like I'm uh, not, I'm not a wreck, you know, I'm not reckless. He could, he could do a nice, safe, you know, high quality match with Bret Hart and really get the, the legit stamp of approval. Cause let's be real. Brett is still holding a little bit of a grudge. Even if you gave him the, probably. you know, um, the stamp of approval, Brett still got that hidden in his Rolodex, his mental Rolodex of things that he's holding against Seth. What's your second match? I'm going to give it to you. I got two matches in mind. So I oh, would well, go, you go. Um, I do one modern, one classic. So the modern, I'd go Seth and Roman. I'm just, I'm, I'm just going to make this WrestleMania, man. This is WrestleMania time machine. So Seth and Roman, cause that match needs to happen at a WrestleMania main event at some point. Like it's just got to, man. It's the, you know, the history mi- is too yeah, perfect. As much as Brock and Roman have fought, Seth and Roman's really kind of like the the foundation of all the storytelling in WWE over the last ten years. Um, and we need to see it. You know, it's crazy. Think about how many times Cena and Orton wrestled. We never got Cena and Orton one on one at WrestleMania, even though that was kind of like the big rivalry before Seth and Roman. So we need to see Seth and Roman night one, night two. I'm hitting the time machine. I'm gonna do 97 Bret Hart against 2001 Kurt Angle. I just think they give them. You know, you can make that a, uh, Iron Man match if you wanted to, but I feel like that would be one of the absolute greatest wrestling matches of all time. Seeing those two go at it, nice. The OG fig kid, Thomas Montalto, he wants to he wants to make a statement on air and clarify. Uh, I have no subscriptions to any OnlyFans or such services in regards to Seth co- Seth's comments from a couple weeks back. I don't, I don't think anybody's <laughs> buying that one, Tom. But you can keep putting it out there. I believe you, Tom. I'll, I'll be your I'll be your wingman. I believe you that you don't have any OnlyFans uh, subscriptions. Uh, Tom says you can pick any event from the past. Uh, to be present for in the front row, what do you pick? I'll probably go WrestleMania 10. That was my favorite WrestleMania ever. You're going to get two straight up five star matches with Brett and Owen in the opener and then Sean and Razor in the ladder match. And then you get to end the night with seeing Bret Hart holding up the uh, the world championship. So that that's one that's always near and dear to my heart. So I'll go with that. And it's in Madison Square Garden, which would be super cool. Um, I have to go back. I think that this was my Lego set question, but I'm going to go with Undertaker and Mankind, dude. I feel like front row watching that just go down. King and, of the Ring, 1998. Yeah, dude. I think. In <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot that it's in the uh, the butthole of America. Um, sorry, Schittsburg. But yeah, that's that's what I would pick. Oh, Phil Dunnett. Good question. Top five comedy films. So number one is 40-Year-Old Virgin. That's yeah, tied that's, with Goodfellas for my favorite movie ever, so... I go with that. Super bad's up there. And then probably Dumb and Dumber. That's probably my Dumb and Dumber is so good. Even though good. Dumb and Dumber is like such a stupid movie. Like it's just Dude, hilarious. it's got so many laugh out loud moments though, dude. Like it's Anchorman's just... one that's really grown on me a lot over the years too. Like I liked it when I first saw it, but when I've gone back and watched it, it's gotten funnier and funnier. And then maybe Step Brothers. Step Brothers is hilarious. Um, do you know, there's a movie, I don't, I don't think you like it as much as I do, but the original Hangover, it just cracks me up i just think that it, that movie is so freaking funny um not so much on the sequels but the original hangover is hilarious to me i felt i mean it's that movie was really funny i laughed my ass off when i saw it but for whatever reason i've never felt the urge to go back and watch it whereas like 40 year old virgin like I'll, I'll watch that right after we get done recording this yeah you said super bad right yeah yeah super bad's up there 
Coming to America and planes, trains, and automobiles are two really good ones, like Great older choices. older ones uh, that I really love that I can just go back and rewatch over and over and over again. Really, anything with John Candy in it is is a classic. What about Tommy Boy? Tommy Boy is a great one. Tommy Boy is hilarious. Both Wayne's World movies. Wayne's World's great. Yeah, so many good ones. I feel like um, our generation, um, you know, the elder millennials, we grew up in the, I think, the quintessential, like, perfect time for Well, they don't make comedy, big theater-level comedies anymore, man. Exactly. Not, they don't, there's no, like, big-budget comedies nowadays. Well, because comedy's not really the same anymore. We talked about cancel culture earlier. I feel like comedy's just kind of, like doled out you can't yeah. really you can't really do it like you used to so uh, like kind of a hidden gem that doesn't get mentioned a lot this is the end that was a really good one too <laughs> oh yeah that that's a that's a funny one all right bill done it have you ever thought about having you a- need to read it in a british accent I, i'm not do even, it, i'm Shane. not even no do uh, it <laughs> I'll, I'll uh, no. Uh, have you ever thought about having a guest segment? Uh, I'm sure there are a few members of the Foley fam that would love that. And uh, so we ha- we've had guests on before. We've we've had um, it's been sparingly. We had my damn toys. Trey's come on a few times. We had the Foley Dan Turnquist, Turnbuckle Tavern. Uh, you know we had. Um, who else we had? We had, we had fully posable crew. Turnbuckle Tavern came on. The extra cooler crew came on before. Mm-hmm. We, we've added a few, but it's just dude, like the logistics of it. I think that's the, the biggest. Butt, yeah, yeah, that's the biggest thing is just. And we're not a, because we're not like an interview show. Like if we were, if we were like an interview slash guest show, like we'd probably use a different platform that was a little bit easier to do it on, and um, and just have it. You know, we we'd find a different method and build our show around that. But because we're not it's kind of, it's trickier than you'd think like to just totally reformat everything for guests. But, um, I'd be, I'd totally be open for doing like a, you know, Foley fam spotlight, but on here have maybe Sheena do some like one-on-one interviews with, with got with, you know, longtime members and, you know, new time members, stuff like that. So that's definitely something we could explore down the road. So, you know, let us know in the feedback this week, if that's something you guys want to do. Yeah. And it's tough because, you know, when we're scheduling with people outside of, you know, the four of us, um, you know, we all have like small kids. and Well, I mean, Jordan, his daughter's older, but Marco has small children. We have small children. And then we you set up a, a date with somebody and then things go off the, the handles and you don't get to do the interview or something. Or like, I was you keeping know. it real. Me and Sheena always jerk around on the time and date and stuff. And I'd feel yeah. really bad if we were doing it to somebody who wasn't like, yeah. we weren't super, super duper tight with and already yeah. knew like our bullshit. But yeah, we've almost never started a podcast on time or a lot of times we'll just be like, you know what, let's go and do it tomorrow. So yeah, it's. It's if you got guests, you gotta, you know, you gotta be a good host and you gotta be ready to go. Yeah, I would never I would never ready. disrespect someone else's time. Not not that I love to disrespect Marco and Jordan's time. I do. I love disrespecting their time. <laughs> but uh I think it's just it's just different. Yeah. If we had somebody on that we were actually trying to interview and, you know, give them a spotlight, I would the kids never just weren't going to bed or yeah. one of the chickens was sick or whatever. Yeah, never know. Um Zach says, We had a few wrestling buddies released a few years back. If you could have some new ones released, who would they be? I want to get the Usos because I know my son would be so stoked to get those. I think it'd be really cool to get a Jimmy and Jay set. And yeah, that that Jack specific set that released a few years back, where you had the AJ, Finn Balor, and the Hardy Boys, those were awesome. They I mean, were to me, so they good. were the best wrestling buddies. The material came, was perfect. Yeah, on those. they they were the best that came out since the originals back in the day. So I don't know why they were just four and done, but um, yeah. But we, yeah, I'd love to see the the Usos. Yeah, I would like a Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, 
That'd be cool. Yeah, with uh, with middle finger hands. <laughs> I think that would be super cool. Be the first buddy with fingers. Yeah, first buddy with fingers. Um, Zach Hertzler says, if you were able to drink a beer or two right after, right as soon as you clock out of work and drink them at work, would you do it? Probably not, just because, like, not to like. You know, it's kind of hard to say this without sounding like brag or something, but like I'm pretty high up. So like I caught I, at my job. So I have a lot of eyes on me. And one, I don't want to like even like give anybody like any kind of like, you know, grounds to think I'm like setting a bad example or something. And two, I'm like I've talked about this on the show before, dude. I avoid any and all personal interaction with my coworkers. Dude. Like I'm like the anti Michael Scott. Like, you know, <laughs> you thought his coworkers or family know my coworkers are just coworkers. There's only two out of the hundreds of people I work with that even know I do this podcast and maybe only a few more than that that even know I'm a wrestling fan. Like only my go- two, really? Yeah. Jesse? My, uh well three, yeah. Jesse I haven't worked with in years. But yeah, my friend Jesse in Hawaii and uh my friend James in Virginia. Um yeah, they just uh I just I don't like it have any personal interaction. When I go to work I like to just do my job and go home. I don't want anybody talking to me, making conversation, <laughs> or asking me about stuff that's going on. So I'm I'm really fiercely private with my coworkers. See, I was not. I, I was always like super friendly with everybody that I worked. I mean, with. I'm friendly, but I just keep it at the yeah, absolute you're friendly. surface. Yeah, but some of some of the best friends that I have have come from like previous uh, previous employment. Like I would never have my my best best friend Erin. Um, she actually worked. For me, like I was her, I was her manager. And so she became like my best, she's older than me, but she became my best, best friend. I um, usually find like one really, really good friend, man. That's typically where I've been any place I've worked. Like I'll have like one really, really close confidant and then mm-hmm. everybody else I keep at arms, arms length. Yeah. And two, if you drink a couple beers before you go home, then you gotta, you know, everybody's going to get the perception that you're, you're driving under the influence. So, you know, uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with drinking a couple Michelob Ultras or Miller Lights or something and get behind the wheel. Well, there you have it, folks. Um, but uh, is that it? That's it. That is our thanks, mailbag. guys. That was an awesome, awesome batch of questions. Like I said, it was kind of a slower weekend wrestling, so we just wanted to give you guys something on the feed, keep you going. Appreciate you guys hitting us with the awesome uh, conversation starters. Sheena, let it, the listeners know one more time where they can find you on social media. You can find me on Instagram at Chick Foley. Marco on the Twitter machine at Chick Foley Show. Go to chickfoley.com to get all things Chick Foley and to join our amazing fam over on facebook remember in the show notes we'll have the link to vote for brett the babyface for the mullet competition you guys can vote through midnight on monday and then we'll keep you guys posted if and when he moves on to the semifinals. and sheena hit us with some closing thoughts and we'll we'll wrap this up vote for brett